This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned in to the flagship show available every week on video and audio. And on this week's show, we have two members of the pod team at different ends of the pre-season fitness spectrum. Joe Fares is joining us. He's got plenty of minutes under his belt, but praying that I don't get out the podcast bleep test at the end of our recording. Seb Brown Evening, gentlemen. Seb, let's start with you. How's things? Not too bad, thank you. I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to two weeks' time when I get to go to Portman Road again. Uh, the weather is good, life's not too bad, and hopefully we'll have a busy week of signings coming up this week. Yeah. Joe, how are you? Back on again? Yeah, an- another trip cancelled due-, due to another child having chicken pox. I'm the only person ah. who's suffering with a chicken pox pandemic at the moment rather than the coronavirus one, cancelling everything. Children just spoil everything i'm sure that was that was a holiday largely for their benefit but i can i can see from your face that mm-hmm. you're you're gutted as well joe so we'll we'll chat football that's you know that's that is what you get back out of this because we did say that um dave would be joining the pod tonight it's dave's birthday on the day we record so happy birthday to dave diamond um and um so we thought as a gift we didn't buy him anything we oh you should have seen what um we instead gave him the night off, so I might be using that time wisely. Um, so let's get into things, guys. Let's um, let's start with the news. Boom. I've, uh, so if you are listening to this rather than watching it, that noise would have made absolutely no sense to you. So I'm not even going to explain it. I'm going to let you use your imaginations to fill in the gaps there. Um, so, yeah, let's move on swiftly. Um <laughs> Plenty of transfer business this time of year, guys. Um, I'm kind of, um, I I was trying to feel about this probably before we kind of stopped for the summer. I'm really not a fan of transfer nonsense and, in, you know, in the know. And you know, Twitter's been in the know for the last few weeks, obviously. But I, I quite like business when it's done. But there's two deals which kind of have been supposedly dragging on for a while. Um, Hayden Coulson in from... Um, Middlesbrough on a, on a loan deal, um, who's a left back, um, and he was left out of their squad on, fri- on Friday for their game against Plymouth. Um, but also an exit. Um, Teddy Bishop was going to MK Dons, now supposedly gone to Lincoln. Um, but Seb, it's the time of year will where we get these kind of transfer stories. Any thoughts on on those two de- those two deals? Yeah, obviously we need a we need a left back. We all know that Penny's come in, but I'm not entirely sure he's going to be a a first choice player. And with with Ken Lock seemingly out in the wilderness in the bomb squad, we certainly need a a starting left back or at least somebody who's able to to push Penny 
he was left out of the game against Norwich, wasn't he? Did, did Warnock say he had a tight thigh or something? And, you know, we don't know if that's if that's true necessarily. Hopefully, he'll come in and join us. There was some speculation, I think, at the start of the the, the transfer rumours. There was some some talk about, is it going to be a permanent deal? Is it going to be a loan deal? Now, it seems to suggest it is a loan deal. Maybe one of those ones which has got a view to make it permanent. But it's definitely definitely an area of the squad we need to strengthen. And hopefully, it'll get done in the next, the next few days or so. And thoughts of um, Bishop? I guess it's... <laughs> disappointing because of what of the players that were retained but for which we were told need to find yourself another gig um i thought bishop might have a chance but it's i did it's, yeah i agree with you i mean he, he triggered the, the the option was taken because he started a certain number of games didn't he so he triggered the automatic extension and i kind of thought maybe he was starting in that number 10 role towards the end of the the last few games of last season and i thought perhaps maybe you know he might go away I, he's on instagram i follow him he seemed to be really really looking after himself in the close season i thought perhaps with the view of, of coming back and sort of really looking to impress cook but He's not really had a look in, has he, along with the, the rest of the bomb squad. And at first he was going to go to MK Dons. And now it seems that the Lincoln move is uh, pretty close to being being formalised. It, it's always disappointing when one of your own, so to speak, moves on, doesn't it? Um, but, but you know, Cook is very insistent on what he wants to do. He knows what he wants for that number 10 position. And I just don't think Bishop gives him what, gives him what he wants. No. And I, to be fair to, to Bishop, if, if the, the, these rumours are to be true, um, Lincoln's a decent um place to go um under Appleton and MK Dons would have been decent next year you know, they signed some excellent players and Russell Martin certainly putting some good stuff together but um as we say those deals are yet to be confirmed we've got one more bit of transfer business we'll talk about at the end um but let's move things on and talking of the bomb squad Joe um you continued your um trips out on a Tuesday evening with your Instagram filters on maximum quality to see um Ipswich under 23s that need a market. Um, and you saw Flynn Downs, Caden Jackson, Miles Kenlock and Brett McGavin. Um, any, anyone impressed? I, it was a 1-0 win, wasn't it? So yeah, 1-0 win. Maybe not. Chirouera, the name that I struggled to pronounce the other week. I'm still struggling this week. Scored the goal. This one was better than his goal at Dartford, which was a good goal. But that was a decent run out. But all the, all the first team players play properly, if that makes sense. Jackson gets about well and does does what Jackson does, gets him gets him behind and tries to pull balls back for people. Flynn Downs turned it on for sort of 15, 20 minutes at one point. Kenlock gets up and down quite well, defends well and attacks well, and McGavin just does what McGavin does. So none of none of them are just phoning it in there. They're all trying, but it's... I don't know, it just seems strange when you look at the sort of makeup of the first-team squad and how sort of the lack of depth we have in central midfield when you've got Flynn Downs, Teddy Bishop and Brett McGavin sort of playing for the under-23s where... You're then having to play Cameron Humphreys, who's more a sort of left-sided player centrally yesterday. That is, they, they must feel that they're close to somebody coming in for those because otherwise, why wouldn't you just try and bring one back in, back into the fold almost? Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't follow the Blue Monday Instagram and if you don't follow Joe Fair's Instagram as well, um, you really are missing out. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that we'll start going to more established stadia um, for away days in the next few weeks because lovely sunsets, Joe, and framing of the Abbey at Bury. It was. Um, know, there's some there's some lovely grounds in the Suffolk non-leagues, and it's a real gift. It's nice to get round them. This is the only time of year that I do so when we have these sort of early evening early evening games in the summer. But it's nice nice to get out and see what's going on and see these clubs and the setups of all these Suffolk non-league clubs seem to get better and better each year. So it is. Is good for the year. It would just be nice if one of the clubs could really push on and get maybe into the Conference South, Conference National, and then we could use them as a sort of a place to send some of our young players yeah. out on loan, sort of get some good relationships there. But they're all, all Berry, Stone Market, Needham. They're all clubs that are going very much in the right direction at the moment. And um, lovely Suffolk countryside as well, which is um, now I'm back. I can be the advertising, the, the tourist board for Suffolk. Come on, Seb, come on down to Suffolk. You can <laughs> come for the football and stay for... The Abbey at Barry Simmons. There you go. The Adams. The Adams. Yeah. Um, I can't find a segue for this. This is gonna, this is almost as clunky as the little. Just make the noise again. Noise. <laughs> um, Cobbold Stan Mural said we um we kind of saw this come to life as people leaked images um, as it was being done last week. Um, for the um just to remind everyone of the absolute state that it was before, kind of peeling 
plastic on the windows um, and you couldn't really see in or I'm sure out of those windows. Um, absolute disgrace, kind of the weird kind of shutter things and kind of umbrella kind of kiosky kind of, which I think are still there to be fair. Um, but our good mate, Marcus Barrett, um, who you can find on Twitter, um, I think we've retweeted his kind of um, his images of, of of all of the stuff that ended up being put up. Um, and Marcus has got an excellent story. In fact, that image over my left shoulder is a Marcus Parrott original. Um, but and Joe's pointing as well. So Marcus has done some excellent business with the Blue Monday team. Um, but great to see the this is probably the most tangible um, site of stadium improvement that Mark Ashton's been bemoaning since he came in. Great to see this progress and a really great thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the stand that I sit in when I when I get to Portman Road. My dad sits in that stand. So as you queue up to go to the turnstile, as you approach it, it just looked awful, didn't it? It looked so tired, so run down. <clears throat> it, it sort of shows how we've how we've fallen away in the last few years. And we've said it before, you know, standards start at the top. And if you if your place of work is shabby and looking tired, it's naturally going to translate to the the on field stuff. So it looks really good. It's just simple things, isn't it? I don't imagine it would have cost that much money. It's simple things, simple murals, and it's uh, it, it's starting to look really really good. And then we got a few other tidbits throughout the week, didn't we? We've got contactless uh, contactless bars now at last in the, the 21st century. We finally caught up with the rest of the league. The car park, I think the lines have been painted and we've got some of those wireless QR scanners for your tickets at certain uh, certain gate points as well. So it's starting to hopefully come together. Ashton's been very clear, hasn't he, since he joined. The stadium is something he wants to fix, but it's going to take a bit of time. He's spoken in the past about the pitch and everything. That's a, a much longer term project. But just doing these little superficial things, if you can do a, a couple more, I mean, if they can get that light, the, the Portman Road light, uh, the Town badge light yeah. lit up again so you can sort of see it in the in the distance from Chantry and give the whole place a clean. It'll all make us feel so much better and, you know, hopefully start to, start to set the standards again. Yeah, I think it is just the penny pinching as well because there was talk of the sort of the um, cashless or contactless cards being used throughout the stage in previous and they're like oh you have to pay 40 pounds for each machine and if you have one on each bar then there's too many of them so we'll put one in each stand and it's just like that's not good enough in this day and age is it to to not be able to accept card payments at sort of 90 percent of the bars in the ground so it's good they've got that sorted but like Seb was saying that's that side of stand did look dreadful and I think it's been made worse because sort of the drummer monkey and the garages along that part of the yeah, of, a part okay. of Princess Street have been pulled down. Even sort of my wife had sort of gone past there the other day so sort of saying, Oh, it looks terrible there now, sort of because you can see it now when normally it was hidden there, you could just see the top of the stadium, but now that's come down, you've got a real opening into it. But yeah, every, I went to the game yesterday and sort of walked walked up it and read it all and nearly ev- everyone as I was doing I turned up about sort of quarter past one and everyone sort of that got there did did exactly the same they all sort of walked down Portman Road to the start and followed followed it back up there and I, you could tell that everyone was really impressed by it I, I think it looks great I think they've picked the um moments and the pick players up there nicely I think there's a good mix of sort of young and old players in there sort of a bit for, a bit from every era so, no I think it's done a brilliant job and I think it's just up to the team now and to sort of live up to the expectations on the side of the stand yeah, it's nice that there's kind of a linear, there's a timeline that runs through it. There's a little bit of a narrative. So, um, yeah, kudos to um, our mate Marcus and um, another great job by him. And I've already tweeted the club and I've already subtly asked Marcus. It'd be great if they were available as prints because I've got some space on the, the wall that I need to fill out. So um, hopefully something happens there. Um, on to more disappointing news, Joe. Um, and again, no real surprise when it happened. Um, midfielder Liam Gibbs, um, 18-year-old, um, joins um, effectively joins Norwich's development squad um, with compensation agreed without the need to go to a tribunal. Um, on the cards, but disappointing nevertheless, and plenty of lessons to be learned here. Or are you of the school of thought that um, he was unlikely to get game time here under Cook perhaps this season? Um, you know, what's what's your take on it? Just massively disappointing, really, in that you, you pay all this money to run an academy. And I know we're only at Category 2 as opposed to Category 1, but it's still a multi-million pound investment every season to run the academy. And if you can't keep hold of a player who's sort of undoubtedly been the star of his year for the last three or four years in that as soon as he signed his scholarship, he had a professional deal tagged on the end. He didn't play at all for the under-18s last year 
bar the Youth Cup games, it was straight into the under-23s. The sort of professional contract on his 17th birthday, the player that jumped up and played a league game for us last year, he is the one that has been sort of pushed on more than anyone and we haven't seemingly made any real effort to keep him. I think there was a deal offered to him when Lambert was at the club. He, his sort of representatives or himself said it sort of wasn't, it wasn't enough of what he wanted. It wasn't far off, but it wasn't enough. And the, the, the negotiations weren't reopened again until the day his contract was expired and they they offered him the same figure at that date, effectively. And it's a bit, I know it just seems disappointing. I, I think you can, you can give the club a sort of a pass on this one, maybe maybe at the moment, because there's obviously the new owners and new CEO has come in and there's probably a million things on his desk that he's got to deal with. And this maybe not been prioritised as much as it should have been, a bit slipped through the net, but the, these things happen and it's it's just a case of making sure that it doesn't happen again, that, for example, the next one at the moment is probably Cameron Humphreys. You can't get him turning at the end of his season and walking out on a trip tribunal without us not making an effort to sign him so yeah sort of have to have to do better next time really as a club but it is what it is what it is now and i say he's got a four-year deal at norwich and sort of good, good luck to him there hopefully yeah. not against us but sort of don't be, don't begrudge him anything i just think we haven't we haven't done enough to keep him after doing so much to push him on over the years it must be frustrating for those in the academy setup mm. I think the concern is as well is also I understand, you know, this season is all about getting promoted. Cook's clearly, you know, he's got to deliver this year from a first team point of view. But we don't want to be seeing to let the, you know, the the good things about us and the academy and stuff almost go to waste a little bit by focusing totally on the first Mm. team this season. That would be my concern is that they're throwing all their eggs in the the first team squad and we certainly don't want to be seen to neglect some of our brighter prospects because you know even if we don't go up this year uh, a, a few games the likes of Gibbs and Humphreys and stuff could set us in a good stead for next year so that would concern me a little bit maybe a little bit of short-termism from the club I think the problem the problem you find is that if if things go well for the first team the short-termism and mistakes that may get made tend to get forgotten about but it's when you look at um sort of like when Roy Keane came in and you made all these big changes, you sold Jordan Rhodes and amongst other things. And then the club goes downhill and he goes uphill. And then it's seen as this massive mistake you've made. If Liam Gibbs comes through at Norwich and does well and plays for them in the Premier League, if we get promoted this season and they're in the top 10 of the championship the year after, it's almost like, yeah, Gibbs went, it was probably best for him to go, but we're doing well. So it doesn't matter. So it's all judged in that, not hindsight, but, it's it's judged on how how well the first team do affects yeah. everything else. If if we if we're in the Premier League in three seasons, nothing that's happened before is seen as a bad thing because it's obviously worked. But we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we're not be- bemoaning this decision in a few years. Yeah, one of those ones where you're gutted to see him doing so well potentially for them. But he's he's it's unlikely that he'll play for them in the the Premier League this season. It sounds like he'll be in there. Um, under 23s with his development squad, it wouldn't be surprising if he ends up on loan somewhere to me. But um, we no, they, they tend to have signed a lot of players like that for an under 23 squad that they send out on loan, and then they either come back and play for the first team, or they're able to subsequently make a profit on the transfer of them. And and that kind of money is no skin off their nose, really, is it? Unfortunately, no. sadly, um, and as a League One club, that that's what happens to you, unfortunately. Um, but focusing on possible additions then, bringing us right up to date. I'm, I'm not sure, unless you guys um, know about this one, maybe this is a football manager kind of, of I always there's always a situation where you sign a player just randomly on football manager and then a year or two down the line, the club end up signing them. So if anyone knows George Edmondson um, of Rangers, centre-back, 23, um, then um, good luck to you. Like to hear about him, but um, guys, this deal seems close according to certainly um, media in Scotland. Um, always good to have a second opinion there. Lots of kind of moving parts with this one. He was on loan at Derby last year who are interested but under an embargo, and there are other League One clubs kind of sniffing around but only willing to offer a loan deal. And it seems that Rangers um, want a permanent deal. He's only made 17 appearances for them, and four of those were as a sub. He came through at Oldham. Um, but at 23, guys, um, Seb, this feels like, you know, if he's got good pedigree um, and, you know, it's an area of the team where we're lacking strength in depth, Absolutely. this all yeah. seems good. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good age, good pedigree. Um, Rangers have got about six centre halves, I think, ahead of him in the pecking order. He's played a bit of the championship as well. Uh, clearly impressed enough at Derby that they wanted to offer him something, but they can't given their financial situation. So this seems to certainly tick all of the boxes. Uh, he seems to be quite a physical player from the the very brief things I've been reading on Twitter and on uh, on the message boards. He seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a unit, which we've seen in the past can be very very uh, useful at this kind of level. 23 years old, so a decent a decent sell-on potential in the future. Um, it's certainly an area we need to need to strengthen. But I would perhaps also like to see maybe another one come in at the back, a sort of a more experienced, Sonny Bradley type player, you know, that kind of thing that we missed out on. That 29, 30, 31 year old to really help out with the uh, the younger ones, because I'm not sure having Toto as, as our most experienced senior centre back going into the season is entirely wise. No, well, let's um, that's a really nice segue into. Um, match action on Saturday. So, um, so let's go there. Match action. Oh, we, we were saying in the green room beforehand to steal a GB term. That um, so these are the, these little bumpers for the bits of the our agenda just to try out. If if it's too jarring, I'll change the audio. Um, but I, I, it was a little bit last minute. But I'd quite like for the match action. Joe and I were reminiscing about. Um, when you couldn't get the commentary on the radio and they'd be playing music and having a chat and then suddenly it would cut to Portman Road and, oh, no, it's a goal. Or you have goal action. So maybe I need to do something around that. So give us your thoughts. Um, if I can spend a bit of time, if anyone's got any tape recordings from the early 90s, then that'd be fantastic to get hold of those. But for now, um, I would do better than maybe the noise we just did. So apologies for that. Joe's expression. It's not that loud, is it, Joe? <laughs> It just takes you by surprise. It takes you by surprise. So apologies if anyone spilt their tea in their into their lap or something. Um, so we we're talking about Toto, um, who um, made up the centre back pairing for um, our game against Crystal Palace friendly on Saturday. First things first, Joe. You talked about um, this already, but must be um, delighted to get back to Portman Road. You were um, one of the lucky few who got to the games um, ten of last year but presumably a totally different atmosphere this time around. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was really good actually, to be fair. I, um, I took my eldest down there and a friend took his boy and we, we met another friend down there early, went into the fan zone and like I said, just had, had a beer in the fan zone while the kids kicked the ball about, there was games of football going on, everyone just sitting outside having a beer and got enjoying themselves really, well, which is, you? yeah, got myself on camera because I can smell a microphone out from any distance. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> and, um, but it was just, no, it, it just felt so normal there. And I don't know what it was like in the other stands. And I've heard in the North stand, the sort of concourse, there wasn't a lot of masks being worn because most people in the concourse were having a beer or having something to eat, which obviously you can't do with a mask on where I'd say in the West stand, as it is at the moment, so mm. you just you just went in. It was all open at the back. I put my mask on to walk up the stairs because I was sitting up in wide block because I thought I'd treat myself as it was only eleven pound fifty a ticket. And I say, and then you walked out to your seat, and that was it, really. And just sat sat there and watched the game. But no, that the atmosphere was good. I thought it was it was a much more than a normal pre season atmosphere. There was a real sort of that sort of edge of people getting excited at the right things, which when you've been watching a lot of games with a fake crowd noise over the sort of last year or so, you've sort of forgotten what it's like to do that. And I say Norwood, a bit of pressing from him, sort of got the crowd going and sort of when the Palace striker missed a chance early on, the sort of crowd gave it the... Uh, and it's, it's those sort of sounds that you've missed from being at the football. Just And there was only... I, I didn't actually announce the attendance. I've heard it was 6,000, but I said there wasn't many there. But like I say, in two weeks' time, there's, there's going to be twenty odd thousand there, isn't there? And yeah, really looking forward to that. Like I say I don't see how the sort of protocols are going to work with that many people in the ground. But I've done um, sixty five thousand ish at Wembley for the the Euro semi final, and all bets are off basically there. So I would hope that there's a little bit more discipline. That's what we want: discipline, uh, super um, and respect. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and and this is a this is a Crystal Palace team with some pedigree chum in it as well. Patrick Vieira's second game in charge there. I'll, I'll just list some names for you, Seb. You know, Butland, admittedly on the bench. Klein, Coyote, Tompkins, Session. you know, Carter, Morrison, Schlupp, Zaha. You know, are you? They, that, that's the kind of that's what that's what that's what Joe was drinking in. 
on Saturday. Um, Absolute top glass, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it was a really, really strong Palace side. And uh, it's, it's it's great to see at this stage of the, of the season, you know, we can sort of test ourselves against. It, it's OK playing, you know, some of the, the, the lower kind of teams, but it's great to really, really test yourselves against the big boys every now and again. Yep. Um, and lots of new signings feature Joe. Um, I'll ask you kind of who stood out in, in a second, but Lackey in goal. Vincent Young made a surprising return. Lots of people on Twitter, you know, getting a little bit worried about Vincent Young. They're now getting worried about Lee Evans, but um, he missed out on Saturday, but should be back on Tuesday. Um, Penny's in there, NCL and Wolfwinder at centre-back. I guess no surprises there. Um, Cameron Humphreys, we talked about. He got a start. Um, and then, yeah, the new boys, Burns, Harper, Piggott, Fraser, all appeared um, alongside Norwood as well. And to our front, Joe, was it was it like that or was one of Norwood or Piggott a little bit deeper? Gen- generally, one was a bit deeper. More often than not, it tended to be Piggott, sort of a bit a bit deeper, sort of playing more as a ten role. But they they, they did alternate. But it, it wasn't a it wasn't one player playing off off and the other one going off the back of the last man. It, it wasn't a front two, so to speak. But um, Piggott, so I say Piggott. Um, I don't I don't know if anyone else. He seems to have a touch of the James Scowcross with regards to his hold up play and movement and getting on the ball around there so no I thought, I thought he did I thought he did quite well and obviously hit the post with good effort as well yeah that's and it seemed to be the tactic there and it and it was certainly paying off I mean the first first half and for, for most of the second it sounded like um Palace were, the, were more the dominant which you would expect and you know Wilfred Zaha we're not gonna it's a cliche but we're not gonna see Wilfred Zaha up and down league one every week are we um but he was certainly giving Toto and Matt Penny plenty to be dealing with but Joe sounds like they were pretty wasteful with all the chances they got. Nil-nil at half-time, obviously. Um, but Palace probably could and should have been in, in the lead at half-time, would you say? Yeah, it was a strange one because the, the game was relatively relatively even. and it, We sort of passed the ball about quite well, got into some decent positions without really doing a huge amount. But we did get caught on the break a couple of times. I think the, the first chance, which Matiti um, scuffed over, was when we, we just got hit on the break. And then... Um, Straight for, straight from that, Penny gave the ball away in the left back's position, and they had another decent chance. But let's say we 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 played we played well enough that it wasn't a. I think when you when you look back at the highlights, it makes it look a lot worse than it was because you just see them in decent positions. And you didn't really see any of us nearly getting into decent positions. But no, it's a, it was a decent even game in the first half. But Palace's Premier League quality obviously sh- shone through at certain certain points with the, just that speed on the break and the pace and power and how, how they managed to get the ball into sort of decent positions. And uh, we'll kind of talk about, uh, I mean, there's, you mentioned the, the chance for um, for Pickett to hit the post um, second half, which a lovely move by the look of it. I saw it was able to see a few bits and pieces of highlights and, and um, you know, that was a move that involved Vincent Young and, and Burns and Norwood all kind of linking up together, which was great. And then 60 minutes kind of Vincent Young probably got a little bit, board as probably most fullbacks do of being tormented by Wilfred Zaha and decided to give him a penalty which he he smashed into the roof of the net um Seb from your perspective uh, you know nil nil full time in in this one um what, there's not been too many goals scored and there's clearly I'm watching Colchester with um my brother-in-law Tom on on Tuesday night, so I'm giving plenty of stick there. Hashtag winnable game, where potentially a chance to get some goals here, but keeping Palace to one from a penalty with that team, does that give you a, a, a confidence? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, we had a couple of players out of position, a couple of inexperienced players, which I guess goes back to what we were saying earlier about the the depth not being there in the squad. But, you know, yeah, it was at the end of the day, it was a penalty that beat us. They've got some top, top draw players. You know, Schlupp was playing, Ayu, Zaha being the main guy. And uh, I, from all the all the accounts on of the reviews and Twitter, I think it seemed to be a decent shift from our guys. We had a couple of chances, didn't we? The Piggott one that hit the post and the Burns one, which he sort of caught hold and fired it straight down the throat of the keeper. But I like the fact as well that I know we've not scored but both those chances of people looking to get the shot off early I mean how many times in the past have we seen you know the player take the touch or turn back into the midfield and perhaps look to lay it out to the wings both Burns and Piggott when they were in those positions the first thing they thought to do was to get the shot off um, and hopefully you know as, as things go on we'll start to uh, start to see the, the the fruits of that. I guess two questions um, for you Joe um, the raft of usual second half substitutions which introduced quite a few 
young players, quite a few of which and um, those who are attendants on Saturday might not have seen before. I'm thinking particularly um, Armin. I guess we've seen him for the under-18s under in the FA Cup. Um, Healy and um, uh, it, was, it was Matt Ward who kind of uh, made a kind of the biggest impression. Bailey Clements came on as well and um, Tanassian and, and others. But um, yeah, talk to us about Matt Ward, kind of from Wroxham, is it? I think... Yes, it's it's a strange one. I, he's he's one I haven't seen much of because obviously he signed in the pandemic, but he wasn't eligible for the Youth Cup ties last year, which were some of the only ones that you were able to watch as a non-match going sort of person. And because he played in an early round for Cambridge City, but I think I, I looked into him in the past, and I think he's been based all around the world previously, like Germany, Hungary, and had lived in Shanghai for the last six or seven, five or six or seven years. Had came, had come back from there and was playing for like Cambridge City, I think, when we when we um, scouted him and then brought him in on an extended trial and soon offered him a pro deal, which runs until the end of this season. But this was in sort of February, March. But yeah, that, that was the first time I'd seen him today, and he did well. He sort of brave with the ball, sort of, sort of making some runs where he took two or three players out in one hit. Um, sort of ran, chased his fullback down and won the ball back off him and gave a simple pass from there as well. So there was some. There were some decent moments of him. He was probably the one that made the most eye-catching moments of all the subs that came on. But yeah, he's had an interesting career path to date. So he, he might be the one that can push on from there. It's, like I say, it's, this is always a nice thing about pre-season, seeing some people come in that you wouldn't normally get a chance to see. And, it, and it's also the chance for the manager to see these players in the games. Because if these guys come in and make a contribution that makes him sit up, then they may be the ones that get pushed on. It might not be till next preseason, but they're, they're the ones that get pushed on, and it's probably where we are, why we are, where we are, where it seems Cameron Humphreys and Albi Armin have seemed to be the two in the under eighteen squad that are really, really pushing on because they've shown a lot in pre, in them um, the youth cup games last year, straight back and sort of been in first team preseason. So every every time these young players have the manager's eyes on them, is a chance for them to impress him and maybe get pushed on. And it, it sounded like you were impressed with Scott Fraser. Um, any other and um, and um, pick it were they the pick of the new signings for you? Yeah, well, well, Fraser, it's they, they, he looked a lot, he looked a long way off the pace of the game at, at times, but it's just when he got the ball, he managed to pick up some really, really nice passes, sort of left footed, and it, it's the pass where you're missing out the two men to hit the third man who's making the run in, which is free from the defender rather than taking the simple pass, and he's doing those in the final third when under a bit of pressure. Only two or three times he did that, but it's still two or three times more than we've seen from. Many, many players yeah. over the last couple of seasons. So it was good on that side. Yeah, I, I thought Piggott held the ball up. But I think probably my man of the match was the keeper, Haladki, just good hands, sort of dominated his box. He's, he's loud as well. You hear the um, you hear him in the in the stands. I know there was only 6,000 there, but he seems a vocal presence. He seems a very comfortable keeper. keeper. And I say, I think he could turn out to be the real sort of key signing that we make this year. And wearing a bright pink oh that was lovely wasn't it? Shirt, Joe. is that is that on your shopping list sorry it's nice i don't quite like the purple the colors a bit yeah if that was a nice sort of black or a gray sort of a anthracite gray that went with it that would be even better but no it's a nice looking kit but i don't i don't know if i'd quite pull it off wow don't don't knock it till you tried it i i, I think there's there's a yellow one isn't there i quite like the the black, the black and grey one, well, which reminds yeah. me of the kind yeah, of... Yeah, the, the yellow one is actually in the club shop at the yeah. moment. That is available. So, um, yeah, I, I I need to make a decision. But um, with Football Shirt Friday in mind, I'm starting to recycle a bit. So I need to make a bit of a purchase. Um, nice one. Let's, um, let's, let's ask some questions. And, of course, questions means we're moving on to the next section of the pod. Here's, here's a big loud noise. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. 
For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. <laughs> Joe gone. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> I've shot him with my laser gun. Um, evening. Um, let's go back. Evening to Mark Beck. Um, always a frequent fly on the questions. Evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, Mark, and anyone else. Um, Seb um, it directs this to anyone. Hello, chaps. Um, we've talked about this, in fact. Get your take on this. Summer has seen the club tighten up in the information leaks. Um, but I guess the George Edmondson deal is a case in point that maybe Mark's talking about that that's kind of come out of the blue. Um, particularly regarding ins and outs, have you preferred hearing less rumours? Yes. Um, or does it leave you more anxious, especially with lack of links to positions of need? I quite prefer it, to be honest, because I trust this this sort of ownership and this this director level, if that makes sense. I trust them just to get on with it. I don't think they're just doing nothing like the previous regime might well have been doing. Um, there's clearly been talk, hasn't there, since Ashton did the interview with the uh, the Kings of Anglia and said, look, these these transfer rumours on Twitter and stuff are hurting us. Uh, there's clearly been a, a bit of an effort, I would think, from the, the media outlets to not publish things until deals are pretty much done. Was it Pigger and Fraser within about an hour of them being leaked were suddenly there holding the shirt up so i do much prefer it this way personally because I, I simply trust them to get on with it yeah and and it takes me back to the good old days i've, I've often spoken about this i say often maybe once when we signed marcus stewart i totally out of the blue it was like a thursday afternoon or something and it was suddenly everywhere and he, not even a sniff of that you know not even a we were looking at him and he was kind of on a shopping list i miss those days i like having surprises because everyone bloody loves a spoiler in 2021 so, I'd, I'd been on the phone that day to club call and they'd broken the news earlier 60p a minute yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. texting looking at right I'd, I'd, ne- I'd, I'd never have gotten away with that my parents would have killed me had i phone club call premiership that... star linked and it's surely like it was, um... michael clegg joining on load <laughs> <laughs> surely it was did you not have a nokia 5610 with the pay as you go sim card at that point uh-huh. I had my Genie WAP where I could pay £10 a month for unlimited credit and unlimited WAP. Genie WAP. <laughs> I remember <laughs> dialing into the commentary because you could you used to be able to call it on match days and get the commentary. And I called in, do you remember the promotion season? Might have been the promotion season where we lost at QPR away. Did we lose away? 3-1. Got smashed right towards the end of the month. Chris Kawamia scored, did he? Yeah. yeah, Johnson got our goal. But yeah, it was about two before the end of the season, I think, wasn't it? I think I called in for that for big chunks of it and that was not fun and very expensive so lesson learned kids. people moan about i follow these days yeah bloody <laughs> hell get on club call um joe michael smith um as in mike clacton smith won on the old twitter An interesting game yesterday but the defense was breached far too often and this could easily have been a heavier defeat what is your view on the centre-back positions i think we've kind of dealt with that um but he says burns looked terrific yeah i thought burns did look sharp as well just picking up on that point he looked quick wasn't afraid to go at his man and go from there i, I do think that it's harsh to judge the center backs yesterday because sort of sitting in front of them was cameron humphreys and lee evans and when you see oh, sorry cameron humphreys and rakeem harper who aren't the most experienced players in sort of putting it mildly in humphreys case but when you saw what they were up against it was it was going to be a difficult afternoon for them. I thought I thought both Toto and Wolfie defended well, really. I thought Toto especially 
when it's sort of putting his body on the line, that, that side of the game he did well. There, there are other parts of it he didn't do quite so well at, but I thought that side of it he defended well. And I thought Wolfie looked looked sharp as well in there, but they were just up against better players and had a, had not enough support around them. And I get, I guess, not wanting to put words in your mouth, but to Michael's point about defence was breached far too often, we've kind of talked about the calibre of the opposition mm. And it's a team that is trying to impress a new manager as well. Do you, did you write much into Palace's dominance or, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm a two-division gap now, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I'm not too worried on that. I think we've got a long way to go on that. But I do think, in reality, we probably still need sort of a left-back and two centre-backs, don't we? Like, one of Wolfie or Toto might might play. But realistically, I know we've just spoken earlier about the Edmondson there, but... I think we probably need two centre-backs and I'd say we definitely need a left-back there as well. So things will look very different. And that was Vincent Young's first game of the season. I thought mm. he was, well, he was at fault for the penalty, but you're up against a top-quality player, a, pre- a pre- player that makes Premier League defenders look silly. So I, would, I wouldn't be too worried there, but I would be worried if we're talking on the 1st of September we haven't managed to get any signings in, but I'm sure that won't be the case. Yeah. Um, FPL Tractor Boy underscore Switch. Um Seb, the fairy tale return to PR for Bon, but how much game time will he get? Um, when we get a left forward in and Fraser moves to the number 10 role, we then revert to one striker. Piggott odds on to start, surely he looked level above the Nord yesterday, who did work hard yesterday. But yeah, the, the kind of two up front that Joe was talking about for yesterday was was really one withdrawn. Um, to FBI Tractor's point, he thinks it'll be one up front and another winger in and Mitchell in the 10 and Fraser in the 10, Scott Mitchell, Scott Fraser in the 10 point on bond though. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Piggott, you would think being the, uh, having the numbers that he's got, he's going to be the main man to start. But I guess what's crucial is that we've got the likes of Norwood and bond to really, really push him last year. There were times weren't there where we looked at the bench and you couldn't see where the goal was coming from. But this year, at least we've got some real, real options. He can play wide left. Can't he? I know, some of the Charlton fans were saying, or the QPR fans were saying, that's not his his best position. He, he is an out-and-out striker. Um, but with the smaller the smaller squad that Cook wants to go for, it's important to have that versatility. So I, I think he'll definitely have a role to play. And and what a moment it must have been for him, you know, finally playing at, at Portman Road, having been released back in, was it 2014-odd? He was released and he's, he's worked hard and come back to us. And I think all three strikers will, will push each other. And I think they'll all have major, major parts to play this season. Yeah, it's, it's about finding the hot hand as well, isn't it? Playing, if you if you come into the game, if Bond starts the first game of the season for whatever reason, scores twice, then he's going to be the one that's got the shirt. And he's, I, I don't see Cook as a manager who's just going to just give it back to his favourites. I think he at the moment everyone's got a clean slate, and if if you score goals, you're going to play, aren't you? So it's up up to the players to take their chances. It's like how Lambert used to have two senior goalkeepers. You know, and it was if you're the one in form, you get to keep the jersey. We, we were never able to do that with strikers because they were always injured. So um, mm. I agree. It'd be nice to have a, a form player with two very capable, dependent deputies. I mean, Caden Jackson's still on the books. He was in uh, on the bench on Saturday as well. I suspect he'll end up leaving at some point. But you know, it was a strange one yesterday with Jackson because he was the only sub that didn't get on and. Whether, whether he was there to cover the fact we were trying to play two up front in case one of those got injured early and Cook didn't want to give a youngster the full game, but then you had Bond there. I, I don't know. It just seemed a strange one. But it did. the coach did seem to go out of their way to talk to him before he went off down the tunnel with about 10 minutes left. Arm around the shoulder. Um, Tom Dixon. Oh, Tom, come on. I know it's early. Oh, sorry, I know it's against a team nearly full strength, but we honestly still didn't create anything going forward. Strikers are isolated. And it did feel like similar to the past few seasons. We are still playing long ball. Is it me being negative or would you agree? Joe, do you want to deal with that one? Yeah, I, I thought we were trying to play it well enough. I think there was elements of good movement. I know there was a longer ball played for the picket chance, but that was Burns and Vincent Young working the ball out defence well. I think we, you could see little partnerships developing across the pitch and... Yeah, I say maybe I'm looking at it with two blue tinted specks on it in sort of the hope that things are better than they are. But we do we do seem and at Dartford we do seem to have a very definite way of trying to play, and that that is getting the fullbacks pushed forward to the wingers, the central midfielders getting the ball out quickly to the wide areas, and the wide players getting the balls into the box. So it, yeah, we, I'm sure we're not anywhere near where Cook wants us to be yet, but we do seem to be 
heading into a very specified sort of position and he knows exactly what he wants and he knows the players he wants to do it he knows the style he wants to play so that's how I'm, I'm not worried at the moment I think I think we'll be fine and it was never going to be the case with all of these signings coming in and with Paul Cook kind of getting used to things as well um, and getting things the way he likes and Mark Ashton coming in and blah 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 that everything suddenly was going to was going to click so there is there is a sense surely that there's a little bit of a slow burn needed so I wouldn't be panicking quite yet, Tom. Still pre-season. Um, Chris Peach, um, decent performance from the lads, but the squad is still a bit thin. How many more signings? How many more, Seb? Um, he suggested left-back, centre-back, and an attacking midfielder, and a uh, couple of wingers. Yeah, I'd be thinking definitely a left-back. I think we've got to be looking at five, five, five. Joe's saying seven. I, th- I think five or so. I think six. two centre-backs, a left-back, uh, probably a... Uh, a probably two wingers and another central midfielder given that Nolan might be struggling it sounds like he might not be there for the start of the season so potentially another five or six certainly hopefully to, to come if you, if you look at the squad I guess goalkeeping strikers and right back is probably the the parts that are settled everything else at the moment is still still needs work yeah does sound like we're still in the market for a central midfielder even though we've got Fraser in and everyone thought the crooks deal being off to Borough was that was the end of that but no it but I, th- sound I, like I it. think you can see why we're still in for central midfielder when in reality we had two players out yesterday and we're starting a 17 year old yeah I say yep. we, we, are, we are short there we, we're short in most positions other than those said mentioned and then John's kind of supplemented um, this by saying having Vincent Young at right back and Burns more advanced looks very encouraging Big concern regarding Vincent Young is, of course, the injury record. Is there a concern that our plans for the right side of the pitch are fairly fragile unless we can add another right back or another right wing? Because Burns, I guess, can drop. We share concerns about that. Wouldn't it be good if we could get a centre-back who could play right back? Hmm. Anyway, he's at Coy. Um, any thoughts on that one, guys? I'm staring. I'm just staring. Yeah, I, I don't think Dinashian <clears throat> is the answer at right back. I, I think... I'd be much more comfortable if we signed a couple of wingers and when we needed to play, if Vincent Young doesn't play, I think Burns plays at right back and we have a winger ahead of him that can link with with them rather than Dinastian being a solid defensive player, but not a, a player that's going to give us enough going forwards. And these fullbacks seem so key to what Cook wants. Was there um, an obvious understanding yesterday, Joe, between Burns and, and KVY? Were they, were they linking up well? or? Yeah, they seem to. I think it was more sort of down to just Vincent Young's intelligence with the ball and the way he just attacks it and hits the spaces. And I know his, his passing and his first touch just seem so positive always that when he sort of takes control of the ball, he takes it with that touch that beats a man almost that goes with it and goes off from there. So it's, I don't know, it, they, they seem to have a good good understanding down there. It's just, like I say, when you, when you look forwards and on the left-hand side, you've got sort of no real left-sided play. You had Fraser there yesterday at Dartford it was sort of a combination between Bonn and Norwood and Dobra and it just it just seems that we are that's a key player and like I say we've spoken for a couple of weeks about Bursant Salina maybe that would be his role on the left hand side there and I think he'd be able to play with anyone in this league mm-hmm. yep we'll see about that death info imminent it's all gone a bit quiet isn't it um Will Airy asks about number 21 that was Matt Ward we talked about him so We'll move on from that one if that's right. Will Seb, um, our good friend Mullet, um, given the latest copper release is orange and the official away kit is white, should we not have released an orange third kit instead to put that Barcelona kit once <laughs> and for all and um, put to bed that Barcelona kit? What's your uh, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, you you guys are the the kit aficionados, aren't you? The pair of you. I mean, the 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 Barcelona kit, I think, is fine. Um, we've had a couple of years where the the was it the first Barcelona kit was was barely worn, so I guess they felt they'd better get some some more usage out of it had for those of us that went out and paid it. fifty quid for it because they only wore it. I think Blackburn away was the only time they ever wore it. The copper kits are, are lovely, aren't they? Let's be honest, they are stunning. But we you know we we are where we are with Adidas at the moment. It's always going to be a kind of a a stock shirt. Orange is always good when we have orange away shirts. We 
tend to have good seasons. You know, I'm thinking of the promotion season. I'm thinking of the 14, 15. That was an orange shirt. I don't 18, count the 405. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't count the 1891 because that was so bright. It was like high-vis PPE, wasn't it? But <laughs> but yeah, an orange away kit is always a, always a good shout. Did, did you go and see the the white shirt, Joe, in the uh, in the store before the game? Yeah, and it, it does look a lot better sort of in, in real life than it does okay. on the pictures because on the pictures it looked like a PE kit almost but there yeah. the sort of stripes across the horizontal sort of grey stripes are more obvious and I think it's one of those shirts that needs a name and number on the back because otherwise it's just too even the shorts have the Adidas stripes but they're in black on black so you can't even see them it's it's one of those ones that I think once you've got a name and number on the back uh Skybet league one sadly badge on the arms it, it it does look a lot better as a shirt so who who are people going to be getting on the, the backs of their shirt sharon one 17 he has on his in the, Is it in the images in the i should know all over his tiktok maybe we'll yeah. um, leave that number 17 blank for him to make an appearance at the end of the season Sticking as we the, um, sort of yeah. win the win the league in march and we've just got 10 games to kill at the end of the year stick him on the program yeah um and continue yeah luke penning continues my thoughts about the pink keeper kit um yeah the collar is a bit iffy but um i do like it i i've often thought we were long overdue something like a gimmicky pink kit um so and i and to, to answer mullet's question from my own perspective as well i i know i live in ipswich now i'm going to talk about coventry from time to time if that's all right it's not that I support them. It's that I was local and therefore I know what's going on. Um, they introduced a third kit last season, I believe, which only went on sale to season ticket holders. I do agree with Mullet that there will be instances next season where I'm trying to think, you know, Wigan, Sheffield, Wednesday. Bristol, where, they got relegated, didn't Bristol, they? Yeah, um, where I, th- I don't think a solid blue or a solid white is going to do the trick. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something else come along. So why not? Given oh, I've I've been a bit critical of the kits being a bit unimaginative, they're, they're fine. They're kind of six or sevens out of ten rather than eights, nines, and tens. Why not do something a bit bold and brave and make it available to the season ticket holders or something like that? It, not you know, not for free, obviously. But anyway, just a thought. If anyone's listening um, from Ipswich Town, um, there's an idea for you. Um, Paul Simcox asked us about Evans' injury, but we think he should be back. For Tuesday, anyone heard anything? They said that after yeah. the game, and it didn't it's crane a couple of days. Yeah, they um, said John Nolan as well would be back in training sort of early this week. But there you go. And he's obviously been out for a lot longer, so that might take him longer to get up to speed, though. So a WITFC who wore the armband? I thought Toto did. Yeah, it was Toto. Yeah, it was. But we think Evans will be captain. He's it feels like he's kind of Cook's go-to guy. Well, Evans wore it at um, the pre previous Dartford and at Fulham when Toto was on the pitch. So Evans had been the captain ahead of them previously. And I'm going to butcher his name. And I did ask him about the pronunciation. So apologies. You're going to have to remind me again. Sindre, um, anyway, back for Jackson. We kind of alluded to it, but quick one on that from both of you. Can't Seb. see it. I mean, I can't see him forcing his way back in. He, he doesn't work in the setup that Cook wants to play. The only strange thing, I guess, was they, they did trigger his options. They must have thought they would have moved him on by now. But uh, for whatever reason, he's still still here, isn't he? I, I think they had a million pounds on the table for him last summer. And they had a decent offer on the table for him in January. So I, I assume they think they can pick up 250000 for him in this window whether that is the case or not i don't know or whether he can be used as a make weight in a deal but he is obviously a player that has retained some value yep and there you go that is your questions thank you as always for your contributions um to the pod always useful driving the debate i and you'll be pleased to hear i don't have another one of these kind of weird you know idents for signing off and doing some plugs so that noise is is all the prompt you need for um for where we're going next and i will put some plugs some where you can find us along the bottom there for those watching on youtube i've already bigged up the instagram account blue monday pod team on instagram go and see some of joe fair's abstract suffolk skylines they're very beautiful some other bits and pieces to plug um 
did a special pod last week with ITFC women who um, bolstered their professional ranks with um, town fan Eloise King, who I'm sure would have been absolutely delighted to have been offered the chance to um, sign pro terms at Ipswich. But we chatted with Sophie Peskett, who is the first um, of um, the ITFC women's team to sign on to pro terms, and Kieran Stanley from um, their media team. Um, so thank you to both of them. Really fascinating chat, if I do say so myself. Really exciting what's going on with the women's team just as much as the men's team at the moment. Um, obviously, they've been promoted um, quite rightly off the back of an application after two seasons of dominance in the fourth tier. So interesting not only to hear the change in mindset, um, but also um, the views um, that they've got for where the club goes to next and how they're building there. So really recommend given that your attention is on the pod feed and obviously down our YouTube as well. Um, one other nod to special shows. I'm just trying, I'm just trying my hand at lots of different topics, gents. Um, this week I'm chatting to um, Ravi Mystery, who's Scrobbler42 on Twitter, I think is his Twitter handle, um, who is, um, I think he would prefer the word data and insight aficionado, but he actually does it as a job. Um, he doesn't want to divulge too much, but I'll get him on um, the show and and you know make him divulge all of the, the dirty secrets. But just to kind of understand a little bit of um, of that kind of aspect of the game, it's kind of it's a bit marmite as a topic. I get that, um, but I think hopefully I think it's something we'll probably be doing a bit a lot more of in the club. It seems that Mark Ashton is more sort of data driven on that side, and he has his transfer tracker with regards to values and. That, that side of things there. So it'll be interesting to hear what Ravi has to say about about those sort of areas. And I know I've put a couple of questions forward already, but I, 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 think, I think that would be a really interesting chat just to see because I, I think as a club, we are going to be going more that way now that everything needs to be, it's got to pass a eye test, but it's also going to need to pass a data test as well because you can't just sign off one or the other these days. The game is just gone too far ahead of that and you see the clubs that have been able to utilize the use of data obviously the most notable is Brentford in in sort of mm. what what they've done sort of going through, going through the leagues and sort of now in the Premier League and sort of turning over huge profits on transfer so that'd be great to hear what he has to say about that and if there's maybe the club and Mark Ash will be listening in on that one mm. uh, there's a kind of different aspects to we we'll spin off on that show and you know if, if people are interested in that kind of stuff and um, we get good numbers, so give it a retweet and give it a like and all that fun stuff. Um, there's lots of different ways we can kind of spin those conversations off if Ravi's got the time. You know, we'll, I think we'll end up talking a little bit about XG, which is always one that splits the crowd. But, you know, it's, it's using data not not to tell you what's what you're seeing, but to give flavor and insight to allow you to make better decisions or to even to make better interpretations of stuff that's happening. So there's lots of different ways to cut this. Hopefully we'll do it justice and yeah, look out for that. We'll probably land towards the end of next week um, down the usual places. A um, couple of other bits just to draw attention to. We'll probably do a live show. We've talked about a couple of friendly matches. So we might do another one of our Q&A shows um, next week. Don't know when, don't know who is who, but um, as always, keep a look on the Twitter for that. Finally, before I hand over to the guys to say the final words, um, it is the Football Content Awards season, something which always gets us excited here at Blue Monday um, night. Um, firstly, thank you to anyone who has um, been motivated to nominate us for um, the Best Podcast Awards. It's not something we are pushing and looking for you to do. So if you fancy doing that, that is lovely. There's no kind of pod rivalry between us and kings of anglia or whoever um for that one it's not a kind of popularity contest but if you feel motivated to do that thank you so much on behalf of the team and what will be will be on that stuff but i would also encourage you to look towards the likes of um is it taylor paul the young um kid who's got a blue uh a Dipsish town channel and ben Arier, and even our own benjamin bloom who does some amazing content on efl and um if you haven't seen his um, England reaction videos on his YouTube, definitely worth a watch to watch Ben go absolutely crazy um, when England scored against Germany and Denmark. So, um, yeah, thank you again for that. Um, and, um, yeah, maybe um, we'll see what happens with that stuff. That's it. That's it, guys. Um, you can find me at Ipswich. Um, Seb, what's going on in your life and where, where can we find you on Twitter? 
Well, uh, that's at BrownS08 Brown and very much looking forward to the first game of the season. I cannot wait to go to Portman Road. I think it was Boxing Day, the nil-nil against Gillingham. It was my last game at Portman Road. And then my last game altogether was the, we were there, the 2-1 at Blackpool. Do you there was that storm? Do you remember? Jesus, it was awful. So I'm very, very much looking forward now. Call you in the week. Uh, Millwall next week, uh, next weekend. Hopefully some squad numbers. I'm a big squad numbers fan. Hopefully some <laughs> squad numbers this week or, or the week after. And uh, yeah, here we go. It's going to be great. Nice. Love the optimism, Seb. That's good. And you get to do the great trip down the A14, which I know you bloody love. Four hours in a car. What? Yeah. What more could you want? Brilliant stuff. Joe, what's going on with you? Um, well, Tuesday, uh, the first team are at Colster on Tuesday. And for anyone who's not willing to pay the £18 to go watch that game and £5 to park their car, you can go to Braintree Town to watch the under-23s instead. So if you fancy a day out in North Essex and are a little bit short of money because you've spent it all on New Ipswich Town shirts and goalie kits and match tickets and season tickets, you might be better off going to watch the under-23s at Braintree or, I, I don't know, I, I haven't decided what I'm going to be doing yet just because the culture, oh. the culture, just how much it is just annoys me. So... I'll see what I end up doing on that. Yeah, I won't be paying to watch that in person, but I will pay for the stream, I think, and hope that we don't embarrass ourselves so that, well, it's it's Ipswich Town versus Ipswich Town Legends. It will be very fascinating to see how that goes. Um, Joe, where can we find you on Twitter? And most importantly, if you get into your car on Tuesday and Braintree ends up calling for you, where can we find you on Instagram for more artistic Essex scenes? Um, yeah, I'm just at Joe Fairs, both on Twitter and Instagram. I, I don't tend to put the pictures up as a post. I, I prefer them to go on the Blue Monday feed, so you have to keep an eye on my stories on Instagram to see those there beautiful pictures with no filter, hashtag no filter. <laughs> Lovely bit of cross-pollination there. That is brilliant. That is your lot. Thank you, guys, once again. Um, and um, we'll see you next time. Take care. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.